your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. PGK banks four points over the weekend. Now the Golden Knights embark on a difficult five-game road trip. Hi again, everyone. Welcome to Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick. The start of a new week. You can tell I'm excited about this week because it's March Madness. I'm ready to go. You could find us, of course, on Twitter at LockdownVGK, at Tony Dasco, at TD Chris G. And please find us on the YouTube channel, Lockdown Golden Knights. Subscribe and comment there. So, Chris... BGK has now won 20, count them, 20 one-goal games this season, including a couple of four-to-three wins over the weekend, the shootout win over New Jersey, and that was on Friday, and then Sunday against the Canadians, the 4-3 win. They're winning these close games, and I just wanted to start off by asking you, is VGK a good team or a lucky team or both? Good teams also get lucky. Um, it's a good start. I like it. I mean, you know, the VGK, they're checking a lot of boxes right now. You know, everyone, oh, how are they going <clears> to <throat> match up against uh, all these tough East Coast teams that are coming in? And, you know, I mean, look at the teams that they did beat in February. And speaking of the VGK, they haven't lost in regulation since your Rangers of all teams, actually. It was, uh, yeah, your Rangers, January 27th. They lost one time since then in regulation. That's That's a pretty long time. So the teams that they beat in this recent little heater, so to speak, Carolina, New Jersey, Tampa Bay Lightning. Those are some pretty good teams that they have done a good job against, teams that are predicted to possibly definitely better odds to win the Stanley Cup than the Vegas Golden Knights. So the VGK are a good team right now, especially when you look at the top six being back, their defense that is, and everything else that's happening. They're checking a lot of boxes right now. We're back to the asterisk in the goaltender position. That's um, a fair thing to question right now. But what else are you going to question about this team at the moment besides the power play? Yeah, let's go back to Friday night. Talk about Shea Theodore with the goal in the shootout. And Aiden Hill saved VGK. We'll talk about Hill later on. But Shea Theodore is starting to become more offensive. He scored another goal yesterday. Last season, if you recall, Shea Theodore started well, had a poor middle of the season. Then he came on as of late. And this season, I feel like he's been, he's never not been there, but he's elevating now and he's scoring a lot of big goals. He's noticeable and just part of that rush that gets the puck up the ice and creates these extremely fast scoring chances. And having Shea Theodore back, I mean, there were so many issues that we had when Theodore was gone from transitioning the puck from our blue line, you know, our, our, the breakout, so to speak to creating a scoring opportunity. And then once he is found with space on the offensive side of the blue line, he's going to find a way to pot that thing or at least get a quality shot. Gets another one last night, just keeps on doing it. Got the shootout winner the other nights. And, you know, there's so many highlights for him. And it's, you know, it's, um, it's all kind of coming together right now. And on Sunday, we saw Jonathan Quick's debut. Uh, what stood out to you about Quick? I like what Cassidy said after the game. And we saw this last year. Wasn't it Mike Smith in the playoffs where they were taking uh, the puck, where he doesn't hold on to the puck very long, right? 
And it's going to take VGK a minute because their goaltenders tend to hang on to the puck, right? Currently, all the other goalies that have played this season, all 104 of them. But for for Jonathan Quick, um, he just gets the puck out very fast, doesn't hang on to it, and he just wants to play in transition. And sometimes, of course, that could come back to bite a goaltender. And then he also made that big save with 25 seconds remaining. But what stood out to you about his debut we shouldn't get too excited because it was Montreal or what are your thoughts in those three goals and uh, any of those goals on him? The second goal, um, the second goal, you got the winger coming down the side, does a, a fake and gets, gets quick down and beats him with a good shot over the shoulder. But general rule of thumb, if the shot comes from anywhere besides, you know, a, a real close high danger area, if the goalie sees it, they should save it, which is a, uh, a Logan Thompson quote, if I can see it, I can save it. And when it, at the start of the game, before they do the warm-ups, I put this tweet out there. Jonathan Quick, he's in the – they got the camera that shows the players coming out of the locker room, and the bells start. And it felt like it was going for a while. There's, I don't know, six, seven, eight bells, the players come out. And, like, you hear the bells start, the players are supposed to come out. And Logan – or sorry, uh, Jonathan Quick's looking around, like, waiting for someone. Okay, do I go? Do I wait? And I had a little fun with a little narr- narration of that last night. But – Outside of that second goal, I loved uh, loved everything about his game last night. You mentioned about how he plays the puck and how he does so quickly. Yes, that's certainly uh, a very good observation. I noticed that right away, and it certainly helped his comfort back there. He did flutter one that almost uh, was Aiden Hill-esque against the Colorado game. That was unfortunate, but uh, he was able to get back and actually came way out of the crease to challenge and make the save, so that was good. Second period, uh, that's really where we got to see Jonathan Quick in action. Uh, VGK in the first period almost tripled up uh, Montreal shots, and Montreal did the same to VGK in the second period. And there was a lot of great saves in there, a lot of quick saves in there, um, a lot of saves I don't think Michael Hutchinson would have made if we're going to go down that road already. Wait and a the second, crowd, man. He had a pretty good game for Columbus already. He saved like 15 of 16 shots, Hutchinson, the other day. Oh, God, he played an NHL game? (laughs) Yes. It's awesome. They put him in, I think, in the middle of the game. I think they were getting bombarded. Oh, so so there's more to this story. Okay, (laughs) you you didn't start with that part. Um, Yeah, you didn't start. You didn't start. Rousing ovation from the crowd when they (laughs) announced him. Rousing ovation. I mean, this is is pinch me mode. And uh, I was on with Gil last night from uh, Lockdown uh, NHL. And I want to be clear about this. It's not a fanboy Jonathan Quick, oh my God, this is amazing type thing. But it's a fanboy in the sense that Jonathan Quick is on the Golden Knights. Like this is just such a weird, bizarro circumstance. And the fact that we got him from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Like I love all this mayhem right now. I absolutely love the circus that is the VGK. And to quote my tweet very carefully from I think Friday, uh, the VGK are, are a circus, but it's my kind of uh, blankety-blanking circus. I love it. It's so much fun. Okay, so uh, let's talk about Ivan Barbashev. All right, I'm, I almost swore. I almost swore, Tony. It's uh, okay, yeah, that's the swear jar behind you. Um, okay, so Ivan Barbashev, a couple of goals. He handled the Eichel pass. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness, on that uh, play at the doorstep, uh-huh. and he buried it. That's one of the best passing plays I've seen VGK uh, make in a long time. That was fun. And, and has Eichel found that line mate? Remember, we we go back to earlier in the season, and I just said adamantly, there's no player on this team. They need to go out and find someone else that could fit in with Jack Eichel. Is Ivan Barbashev, is he that guy? Is that him? 
And, you know, I was on last night with the guys in St. Louis and uh, on the Varsity Sports Network, and they were – Variety, <laughs> not Varsity. This isn't college. Variety Sports Network. Sorry, I fellas. <laughs> but but I, I just wanted to, you know, to ask, you know, has he found this guy? Um, and they were surprised last night when I was speaking with them that Barbashev was on the top line. They were like, ah, they'll give you some good minutes on the third and fourth lines. <laughs> nope. They didn't realize he was on the top line here. So a couple of things here. One, when the trade was made, no one in Vegas had him on the top line, at least not in the beginning. Um, and then they put him on the first line for that Colorado game. We're like, um, okay. And that was the that was a tough game for the BGK. We know this. Uh, Paul Cotter goes down to the fourth line, and it just, eh. But you look at the sacrifice of that game and what it's led to all of a sudden. Um, another tweet I put out there was a little math equation, you know, Eichel plus fill in the blank equals, you know, a good scoring line one, and it's Barbashev. And I think um, one of my quotes was, listen, the VGK aren't going to strike lightning in a bottle like they did with Chandler Stevenson with Barbashev. I'm have to walk that one back a little bit. That might be exactly what is going to happen here. And, you know, Barbashev had a 60-point season last year, nowhere near that pace, I believe, in any of his other seasons. But all of a sudden, you know, you put him with Jack Eichel, and the dude, you know, dude can finish, right? And you had said how many times, Tony, whether it's on your tweets or whether it's on this show, the VGK does not have anyone that can play on a line with Jack Eichel, not named Mark Stone. Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson click great as a unit with Jack Eichel. But... Anything outside of that that combination did not click very well. Marchessault and Cotter were starting to click um, at times, but Cotter's been very inconsistent, unfortunate for him, and he might be the one that's missing some time after he got laid out, unfortunately. Maybe we'll talk about that later in the show. Um, but Barbashev is the man right now, and this is interesting how you know these things come together. And listen, let's give some credit to McCrimmon and Cove and for, for putting this one together and possibly Cassidy for whatever his influence was on this situation, because for now, at least they found the man on that top line. It's, I mean, you know, okay, here you go, Tony. Barbashev had more minutes than William Carlson yesterday. Yeah, and I don't sir. mean that. I know this is a layup for you to to laugh at that, but that's certainly a very notable. It's a telling sign. It's a telling sign, right? Of where they're headed with this team. And the guys that are gritty are going to play more. I thought you were going to go harder against Carlson for that. But, yeah, no, no doubt. And well, I, yes. I'm not going to mention that he hasn't scored a goal in 14 games. I'm not. He had a good – Carlson did have a good game last night. He had a, he had a key assist on the Riley Smith goal. And okay. also, uh, he rocketed one right off the shelf, right off the corner, like like right where the crossbar and the post meet. He, it should have been. And it should have it, it should have been reviewed, Tony. It's rigged. Can let, uh, Let's talk about – everything's rigged. Let's talk about Alec Martinez coming to the defense of Paul Cotter. And I was frightened. I don't like personally. It. I don't like it. I don't no, like it. you know, with all those head injuries and everything else, and uh, Jonathan Kovacevic in uh, him got into it. Um, just a frightening moment for me. And I was just glad that he didn't get pummeled. And if he got hit in the face, I'm sure that he would have just bled. Uh, like it, it, very scary. That's it's, scary. I mean, listen, I mean, fighting concussions, is... everything else. It's what his second fight, I think, in his NHL career. 
I was I was just very scared and worried. And I it's one of those moments where I really started to cringe. It was yeah. a veteran fight. He really didn't neither one really landed a whole lot. Thank goodness, and, right? Like you could tell at the end, uh like both players were kind of like, you know, nodding to each other and talking for a second. And I don't know. I honestly I I'm okay with fighting in the game still, but I think it has limited shelf life. I think fighting in the NHL, I'll put the clock at a half decade and juice the under to minus 120 where fighting might be a thing of the past. And if that's the case, fine. So be it, whatever. I'm not against that with everything happening. And, you know, you look at the sacrifice that was made at that point, Alec Martinez, top four defenseman and uh, the player he was up against bottom six forward. That's a good trade for the and Montreal Canadiens too, when there's nine and a half <laughs> minutes left in the game. So, yeah. you know, listen, credit Martinez for being a good teammate and doing the teammate thing and all of that. Um, nine minutes left in a game that you need where your team is, you know, things are, aren't going well all of a sudden, you know, I don't know, take, get the number off on that train and uh, do it next season. That's, you know, but it's tough in the, mo- in the moments you're like, if you don't go in there and do that, you're the first guy in there. It also doesn't look good. You know, the, your teammates do notice things like that. So, I mean, I get everything, but I don't know. Uh, Jonathan Quick had a few moments last night. He uh, gave a nice old school. So, Jonathan Quick loses his stick in front of the crease. He lost his stick about four yeah, or five that, times. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's, ten, that, that's My typical. My buddy, uh, Zig Fergasi, said, is there an over-under on the number of times uh, from Sirius XM? Uh, was asking on on Twitter, is there an over under on the number of times he loses his stick? And then he yeah, lost he lost it in, the, it in corner. the corner once. He had yeah, to go all the way to the lost, corner. Right once. after that tweet, he lost it in the corner. It was... Yeah, but it was fun watching him. The crowd it got a huge ovation out of the, the crowd <laughs> right behind him, where he just laid a wallop of a cross check to the back of of somebody. <laughs> but like, quick loses his stick to which got this little rant going between us. And it looked like the Montreal defenseman very quietly tried to give it a little kick. Not hard, but it looked like he tried to nudge it. And I think Quick saw that right away. And man, he just he, he got him good. It was it's it's a different brand of hockey with Quick back there. It's um reminds me of Marc Andre Fleury a little bit because he is that hybrid quick kind of out of control. Quick, I guess not using that word with Jonathan Quick, but he's out of position a little bit at times. So he has to rush to kind of get back into position. It's not going to look as reserved or as calm as Logan Thompson or even more or less Aiden Hill or, you know, God forbid, Robin Leonard, who's, you know, stays on, on the goal line the whole time. But, you know, it's, it's interesting watching quick move back there. He is very fast, not quick. I'm not going to say that anymore. He is very fast going left to right. And like one of the weirdest things I noticed uh, when it was in the first period, so he's on the far goal. So I got a good, uh, like panorama perspective of, of him. He was staying on, I'm, I'm looking at my canvas, just trying to recreate this in my head. So he's staying on what would be the right post. So the opposite from where I look down, but the play is to his left. And he's looking over his left shoulder while he's covering the right post. And it was very strange. Like it's just, he does it his way, right? It works. It's worked for 16, 17 years. And um, we're going to, we're going to get to know a little bit more about him and, you know, another show for another time, but, what happens when all the goalies are healthy? What are we, what are we doing here? What's going on? Yeah, that's going to be real interesting. Cassidy said the team finally became respectful down the stretch. They played better. Um, the first goal, uh, Paul. I like Cotton, that word, respectful. I like that. Right, he way. uses that word a lot, so I'm going to use that terminology. Uh, so, so Paul Cotter, um, he made that one play where he protected the puck, right? And I think you even stressed that on Twitter. And then after the game, I guess that uh, Cassidy was reading your tweets. But then anyway... Um, he said that this was very 
much like William Carrier. <laughs> uh, and that he protected the, the puck. We got a carrier in there. And then Cassidy said that he wants Cotter to play more truculent, which led me to Webster's, which means more aggressive. And now we have... Pavel, I thought there's like uh, trucking Dorofeyev. in a football term. That, that's how I took that. <laughs> uh, Pavel, Pavel Dorofeyev uh, called up late last night. And is there something wrong with Cotter on that hit? Because it was up high. The timing, first of all, and so on that Cotter, on that on the the Cotter play, really fast. What started that whole play where uh, they eventually got the goal was actually Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel had a simple stick lift right in front of the VGK bench. Puck winds up on Cotter's stick as a result. Cotter buys time, and obviously they get the goal. Get the goal, you know, a few seconds later. So Kessel, I thought, even though the line in general didn't do a whole lot, I thought Kessel was very noticeable yesterday. Um, going back to Pavel Dorofiev, um, I think the timing is key. I think that was happening regardless after the game, first and foremost, because it is a weird time, and the team was traveling last night as well. So they're going to probably get a practice and stuff in today, I'm assuming. Um, so I think honestly, he's replacing Carrier. That was the plan all along. And then now that Cotter obviously takes the hits, now that's obviously a little more, you know, insurance, or maybe Dorfiev goes right into the lineup if uh if uh Cotter is possibly gonna miss some time. We won't know if uh unless uh Gary Lawless uh you know opens his mouth and uh tells everyone that uh Cotter's not on the plane. Um and listen, Dorfiev is fine, he's serviceable. Um it's unfortunate that him being out there is going to limit if if Dorfiev does play, that is, will probably limit line three's um, time on, on ice unless they they're not going to drop him to line four. But Dorfiev, he's a very noticeable player in the AHL and Silver Knights, six wins in a row, currently in a playoff position if it ended today. Now, granted, eighth place in the Pacific and the AHL gets you in the playoffs, but still. They are in a playoff position. So Dorfiev has been a big part of that. He actually had the first shootout goal just a great move uh across to tuck it back door on the goalie and you know Dorfiev I think at some point will have a serviceable NHL career um just needs you know to basically uh get that break in time I think he's got everything he needs out of the AHL and he needs more NHL time now yeah and uh for VGK just a reminder though too the carrier is out indefinitely and someone slipped on one of the shows yesterday uh VGK uh, state-run radio or TV uh, that he will be out for probably the remainder of the regular season. So that's a story to watch. Ryan the Wallace is even Ryan Ryan the Wallace. Ryan Wallace used to be Ryan the hockey guy. That's why I was going with that. Um, Ryan Wallace mentioned it's going to be a, a longer time, and it's not like a short term or a mid term type thing. And he's not leaking anything. Just when you use the term indefinite, there's there's a timetable to that. It's a long time. Mark Stone's indefinite at the least at the time was you know a, th- a three and a half month absence going back to January to you know the possible start of the angel stanley cup playoffs so you know it's unfortunate but carrier season could be over i mean postseason you know if they do make a deep run and you know he's the lifeblood of the team and to again quote ryan wallace he's someone that you root for on this team like you just enjoy the success of pardon me you enjoy the success of william carrier and what he does out there when he scores and makes you smile when he smiles, you smile. And there's just something infectious about that guy that makes you really love and enjoy him. And, you know, it, it hurts, uh, you know, when someone like that, go, it hurts when anyone goes down, but it really hurts a little bit more, you know, when you're seeing that type of a season that he's having, but you know, there's no time to think about that. Next man up, Paul Cotter, get your minutes back, get your ice back. 
Coming up next, Aiden Hill deserves respect. We'll talk about that when we return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. We started to take Athletic Greens because we don't have a lot of time here in Las Vegas. And Chris and I are always on the run. And we could barely find time to do the show each and every morning. But we do it for all of you. And we also need more energy. And uh, I've been taking it personally for several months now. I really do like it. I like the taste of it. It is not one of those brands that taste super healthy. It's a mild and a tropical taste. And with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help to start your day off right. Special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery focus, and aging, all of those things. And of course, we definitely recommend it for all of our friends and family. It is lifestyle-friendly. And the importance of the multivitamin, tons of people take some sort of multivitamin every day, but it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb, like AG1. It costs less than $3 per day. There's tons of testimonials, more than 7,000 of them online. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and to arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition especially heading into the flu and the cold season right now. And it's just one scoop in a cup of water each and every day. That's it. And no need for a million different pills and supplements, everything all at once. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. And make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel, Locked On Golden Knights, and on Twitter at Locked On VGK. It's always a lot of fun there. And the fan interaction is tremendous. So I have to ask this question, and I put it out there on Twitter myself the other night. Chris, why is it so difficult for Bruce Cassidy to finally give Aiden Hill props? Now he has 16 wins, okay? He gives him no kudos. And so Cassidy, after the victory there on Friday night, Cassidy was asked about Hill. That was the first question, I think, out of the shoot. Played well versus New Jersey. Basically, essentially, saved the game for the VGK. And so, I'm sorry, he gets so No, he just gets so fidgety whenever they ask about Hill. And then, you know, it's like, okay, so how do you think Aiden Hill played? Well, you know, it was a game that we weren't prepared to play. No, the question was, what were your thoughts about Aiden Hill? And he finally, in a roundabout way, comes back and he starts saying, in the middle of the game, you know, we played with emotion. We started to play. It's so good for Aiden or Aaron, whatever we want to call him. What's the Aaron joke? I missed that one. Uh, but he was really having a very difficult time again, again. It was like 45 seconds in, and he finally says, oh, yeah, he really played well today and at full value. Whatever that means, why does he struggle with giving props to a 16-win Aiden Hill? Let's talk about some numbers here. Uh, Logan Thompson, 2013 and 
2013, three and two, Harvard, NBC chops that up. 914 save percentage, 266 goals against. Uh, since he's had enough starts to qualify, however, NBC Sports does this. That has his save percentage at 14th in the NHL. Uh, Varlamov, Samsonov, Vasilevsky, Tristan Jari are the few who are right above him. Right below that, so NBC Sports, I don't know if they've redone their stats, but Aiden Hill is currently 16th in the league in save percentage, although they have him at a 9-1-3, whereas um, uh, Hockey Reference has his save percentage at a 9-1-4. So they're, or sorry, that's, yeah, he's also at a 9-1-4. Okay, so this is right. I was looking at, the, at something different there. But his record, 16-6-1, two four seven goals against. Like, these are starter numbers, and Aiden Hill is doing it. It's not the sexiest to watch. He's kind of a bigger body. We The first comparison in the preseason was to the snake charmer Robin Leonard himself. And we were immediately concerned about that. Yes. Since yes. then, he has taken the bull by the horns. He's he's taken the snake by the rattler and, you know, just owned the nets and done a wonderful job. So Aiden Hill does deserve a ton of respect. And just a side note, this dude never smiles. Aiden Hill, this is like going through hockey reference, all of his pictures from other teams and stuff. He just sitting there like, but when you interview him and talk with him, he has an infectious smile. So I think he just kind of hates doing like the media, like uh, mean mugging it. No, he's just that. mean mugging it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. But Aiden Hill deserves a ton of respect. His numbers are right there with Logan Thompson. The city is behind him. It's not like they don't like him. Like, you know, Robin Leonard call it what it is, unfortunately. And, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, listen, Cassidy is very calculated when he speaks. Sometimes he just kind of goes, but I think for the most part, he's very calculated and not just with the goalies, but with the rookies and the youngsters as well. Paul Cotter's name comes up and even Jonathan Marchessault's name comes up when he's not provoked a Marchessault question. Marchessault just enters in the discussion at times. So I think um, he's saying things for a purpose and he doesn't want Aiden Hill to, you know, maybe, uh, you know, become grounded. He wants uh, Aiden Hill to be a little, you know, I mean, VGK created a goaltender competition now. So, so supposedly Brassois will be back, right? Day-to-day. Day-to-day designation means two, three weeks at the very, very most. I am so here to see how they handle the goaltending yes. situation. Logan Thompson, it's not a regular season-ending injury, folks. Okay, fine. <laughs> Okay, cool. It's not a regular. He'll be back now. What in about a week or so, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the I, timelines. We heard. handicapped this thing to <laughs> last week. We said fourteen to eighteen days. So I would say, and the next week he's skating. I think after this yeah. road trip, or even during this road trip, uh, he might be spotted skating over at uh, City National some days. So, you know, Aiden Hill does deserve the respect. He's done a wonderful job. Without Aiden Hill, where would this team be, Tony? Right. Exactly. No, you're absolutely right. And does, okay. So a couple of things, uh, psychologically, I have to agree with you there that perhaps Cassidy is playing the mind games with Aiden Hill, Aaron Hill, or whatever you want to call him. And then the second thing is like Cassidy is he stores a lot of things in his head. And I still think he's still kind of pissy and bitter about the Anaheim game earlier this season where he said he wasn't prepared. (laughs) Remember that? I mean, who knows, but he's definitely playing psychological games with Aiden Hill. And I don't know if he is not happy with him currently or if he is or if he just doesn't want to give him props. But watch how fidgety and he starts coughing and moving around. And it just it's funny, though. So if you get back in for a presser, 
please make sure that you stress a question about Aiden Aaron Hill. I think I think the 16th uh, when they come back uh, against the Flames, I'm gonna I'll be at that game. And as long as I get approved, there's there's a lot more media up there. I, I peek uh, from High Lounge every now and then. It's it's getting a little crowded up there. So Front we'll, we'll, we're gonna see where Locked On uh, VGK uh, ranks in the grand scheme of things. Should be uh, up there next week. You ask the hard hitting questions. They don't. Okay. Uh, and then he's also tough on the younger players, as we've known, as you mentioned, and that's his track history. And perhaps it's part of that. But of late, he has been talking a lot about Paul Cotter. So only kind of those two. Not players. of late, the whole season. He mentioned well, Cotter yeah, the whole I, season. Yeah, whole season. He has to make sure that he gets in that comment about Cotter each and every day because perhaps he knows, again, they're watching the the pressers, right? The, the players are. They find out some information from Cassidy after games. And I like the relationship. It's kind of a tug of war between Marsha so and Cassidy too. You know, you've got – a veteran guy who just doesn't put up with it. And then you have Cassidy. And yeah, I like their relationship too. It's kind of funny. Uh, coming up next, we'll take a look at this tough five game road trip, which begins on Tuesday. We'll discuss the road swing when we return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. If you are looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and the calories, you got to try a built bar. If you are like us, we want to eat healthier, but we do not want to compromise taste right here on Lockdown Golden Nights. This is the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, so delicious you won't think that they are good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. And what makes Built Bars so good? For starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in terrific flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And Chris and I need a care package pronto. Uh, not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining all the macros, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been sending you to Built.com, but now you can go to your local Walmart or your local Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk up to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars. And if you are close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with all of the hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. And you can thank us later or, of course, go to Built.com. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas we appreciate you making us your first listen every day. And uh, again, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Locked On Golden Knights, and leave your fantastic comments there. So, VGK now, yesterday on the air on the radio side, they were talking about bad ice again because they had to switch from hockey to UFC and back to hockey. I don't care. Okay, just play the game. I never noticed anything though. Like I never noticed the puck jumping or players falling. Okay, great. It looked fine. It looked good. It was just it's it's no idea why they do that. When yeah, when a team comes back, and I had tweeted out because I was like, uh, okay, I don't trust Quick Jonathan Quick. I just don't trust him yet. And again, he's I thought he was kind of in fade mode, and it was three to one. Tweeted out this game isn't over. This game is not over because. I just don't trust Jonathan Quick, especially if he has to save the day. The defense doesn't play very well. His instincts just aren't as quick or fast as they used to be for Quickie. Every time you uh, say quick and quick in the same sentence, it's also a dollar in the swear jar. 
Okay. So quickie. Oh, my goodness. A Sunday quickie yesterday we had. Uh, five road games ahead for the VGK starting on Tuesday. Um, at Florida, that's where they'll start. Okay, 10 points up for grabs. So you have Florida, the Lightning, the Canes, the Blues, and the Flyers on the back end. Uh, 10 points up for grabs. What will our over-under be? Six and a hook? Um, Six and juice, probably the under a little bit more. I, I would probably go. I mean... Six and a half. If you want to, if you want to have a result, if you're you're a book that likes to gamble a little more, go six and juice uh, the under a little more. If you want to, uh, you know, it, it's tough. I mean, looking at this, right? Um, so Florida, I think it's a toss up game. Four and a half minutes, Tony. Four and a half minutes. Jeez, <laughs> where'd the time Trump. go? Um, Florida is the toss up game. That's a oh, weird game. Yeah, First man, game of the I trip. I need to make my screen bigger, dude. There we go. <laughs> don't, don't click anything. The whole thing might loot. Might fall off um st louis and philly you better win those games you better win those games right those are the games that you should win to anchor this road trip so really it comes down to the tampa and carolina games i would like to see six points or more on this road trip but i want one of those wins to come against tampa and or carolina i want the bgk to show up against a really good opponents and listen if they go three if they go three and two on this trip one of the wins is against tampa and carolina and they cough up the St. Louis or Philadelphia game. So be it. I, I can live with that. Um, that said, if they, uh, you know, beat Florida, Tampa, and Carolina and start with six points, they better finish with at least eight points. So there's a few ways to handicap this, but easiest way to look at it, give me six points with one of those wins against Tampa and or Carolina. And you know Carolina is going to be gunning for us. They're going to they're gonna want a game back for uh, us uh, getting them, uh, you know, last week. Uh, where I was going earlier was, okay, so the Silver Knights out of town because the Big West Conference basketball tournament's there. Golden Knights are out of town at T-Mobile because the Pac-12 really? tournament okay. is there. Yeah. So I'll be at those venues and the Thomas and Mac this week. It is definitely March Madness. Uh, five road games starting at Florida. Panthers uh, lost 4-2. to two. <laughs> Mark Stone, that was the memorable game for me because that's when Mark Stone left the game injured. When they played against the Panthers the first time, January twelfth, my birthday. The Lightning are falling apart. They benched uh, three starters the other day, and then they lost at Carolina six to nothing. They've lost five straight, which means they're going to play very well against the Golden Knights. The Hurricanes, of course, uh, the three. They're going to knock Tampa out of the here. playoffs, and or they're going they're going to knock Toronto out of the playoffs in the first round. Just stop it, everybody. Tampa's now, here's, fun. Here's a fun one. So last night, as I mentioned, I was on the Variety. Is that the right? Yeah. Variety Sports Network. I can't get that straight. Okay. And so it's St. Louis Blues based. How many back-to-backs do the Blues have this season? 14. How many? It's so rigged. BGK, eight. Okay, but they're also so, in the Midwest and travel less. I don't know. So, so the Canes, so the Canes game, and then they get on the flight, VGK, it's a back-to-back. Um, and this, they're going to lose an hour of sleep. Because it's daylight. I've thought about this. Daylight savings time for VGK. That's going to be a tough one. Two-hour flight. You lose an hour. You gain an hour because you go to another time zone. Then you lose an hour. So two hours. Uh, So that's going to be a tough one. I just represent our entire fan base when you moan about the scheduling. Yes. And then at the Flyers, which they should win. So that's going to be interesting. And we'll talk tomorrow. We'll make a prediction, I guess, on this. Are we out of time? We should be pretty much so. Take us home. 
All right. We thank everyone for tuning in. Thanks for making us your first listen. Uh, when will your uh, interview with Gil run? When's that running? It's coming out today around, I believe, 10 or 11 our time. We'll be tagging right, make stuff. Sure we, yeah, make sure we tweet that out. That'll yeah, be awesome. That'll be good. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in, everyone. And thanks for making us again your first listen. Go to the YouTube channel, Locked on Golden Knights, and subscribe. For my man, Chris Golick, Tony Cardasco. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked on Golden Knights.